You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Good morning, world. Good morning, West Australia. And that theme tune can mean only one thing. You are on Radio Fremantle's The World Football Programme. Many thanks to Onzi and the crew for another excellent edition of Celtic Rambles. You can catch that again next Saturday. Oh, have they got Christmas? I think they said they'll be in next Saturday. I think they said they'll be in next Saturday. And that lovely voice there is the world's greatest wingman, Pete Skeeler. Good morning, Pete. How are you today? Seems though you jumped in. No, yeah, I'm <laughs> feeling all right today. So, uh, yeah, ready to go. Sensation. We've got a big show today. Uh, before we start, I'd like to thank our uh, wonderful partners and long-time partners, Futsal WA, the biggest and best futsal competition in Perth. Contact Greg Farrell to sign up your team or yourself to the La Liga and Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom steel and aluminium front fencing and gate and gate automation. And we'd like to also thank Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all the material, hardware and Automation to set yourself up to make it just a click of the button to get in and out of your property. As I say, big show. We're going to start uh, in about 10 minutes' time with Aaron Trevathan. He's going to talk to us about a big, big week in England with the EPL and the wrap-up of the group stages of the European competitions. After that, I've been chasing this interview for a while. We've got Jason Purser. He uh, officially called himself Captain Dog's Body, which is why on our media release you see that. Captain Dog's Body. I I was wondering about that. I I sometimes tidy up your media release a bit. I'm like, I I wasn't sure what to do with that. (laughs) That one slipped through. I thought, yeah, Pete's done the right thing there. He's gone there. Because I I had a quick chat with with Jason yesterday. I went, well, what do you want? What's your football entirely? He goes, Captain's Dog's Body. I went, (laughs) all right, mate, no worries. And after that, we've got the Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach. She was going to be talking about that wonderful 
Rotherham 3, West Bromwich Albion 1 result from midweek. But uh, she's going to talk about a few other things, including Mackenzie Arnold being shortlisted for the FIFA World Goalkeeper of the Year. So good on you, Macca. That's a great, great accolade. Yep. Uh, and the voting for that is uh, next week, I think. I think, or it might be January. We'll talk to Haley about that one. And we're going to finish with Mr Steve Detry, the FISTF president. That is the Federation of International Table Sports Football. Turn it up, mate. Uh, Pete's making signs there. No, it's flick, mate. You flick. Flick oh, the All right. And he's going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming Australian Grand Prix of table football, which is going to be held in Sydney in February. And yours truly will be there, stinking up the place. But we've got him on, more importantly, to talk about Rally Rasic, uh, the late, great Rally Rasic, and his legacy with Australian football. Pete, you said there was a, uh, a significant result uh, last night. No, just... <laughs> Well, are we talking Premier League? Are we talking A League? We talking... Yep. Let's and, go, let's go and Premier League. Ange going so, again. So, so. And, yeah, Ange, Ange is uh, back in effect. Yeah. Uh, with a with a two nil win over Nottingham Forest away. Nottingham win. Forest. Despite the uh, <laughs> despite getting a red card, the team copping a red card along the way, um, and you know, it was just out of point of interest. Was yep. Not only was there an Australian coach in effect, but the referee was Jared Gillett from. Australia yeah. from the A-League. And all those Perth Glory fans out there will go, never mention that man, <laughs> never mention that man. Jared is doing great guns. He has uh, officially um, joined the Premier, what is it, the Premier Management Game, oh, I can't remember, PGMO, um, Premier Game Match Officials, so that he can become a... Um, European qualified uh, referee, and that way he can get into the Champions League and that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think that uh, he'll be able to referee as a uh, an Australian at the World Cup through the European. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. They tend to like to have Europeans representing Europe for some unknown reason. I don't. Yeah, don't, weird, I, don't. I can't work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get on to that one. Um, anything else you want to give a have a chat about there? You uh, you said the glory are back uh, in there, the, the, uh, the strongest the, yeah, team in yeah. the league. Hello, darkness, my old friend. We're <laughs> bottom of the table again. Uh, thanks to Western United actually getting a two-one uh, win over Brisbane Raw late last night. Yep. Uh, that was uh, that was the two brothers coaching as well, Ross and John Aloisi. I know. Uh, first time that's happened because Pete Skiller, the uh, wonderful uh, keeper of AleagueStats.com, get on there, get on there. Come on, come on, Pete. Is that the first time ever that two brothers have coached against each other in the A League? I'm going to say yes, but not because of my research. I, I think <laughs> someone else posted that it had been. So I'll say say I'll just take the credit for it and say yeah. yeah. Well, whack it on your website, Pete. <laughs> then, then it becomes yours. You know, you, it's proliferation. Yeah, I've seen it. I'll put it there. It's mine. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. Um, uh, as I said, we're going to be talking with Jason Purser. He was at that game. Um, okay. Uh, and I sort of had that, that question to him, like, Western United, why? But we'll get into that discussion. Well, it's good he was at that game. That's probably doubled the number of people at the game. Ooh, wow. Come on, mate. That's not right. That's not. That's a bit... <laughs> that's very harsh. There must have been at least four people. Oh, no. I, I'm, I'm taking the mickey a bit. There are literally dozens of people that attend Western United matches. Yep. <laughs> Get on you. <laughs> and the Perth Glory women are going oh, gangbusters. Yeah. Yeah, so they're uh, – and, and actually uh, on on that topic, good yep. news for the Perth Glory women with last night's result. Melbourne City uh, tripped up and had a one-all draw away to Central Coast. Um, so, Which is not a, a bad result. Well, it's not a bad result, but when you're top of the table, you're looking to get every point you can. And as it stands now, the Glory women, the Glory ladies, are playing tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that's right, tomorrow night against Sydney FC. Yep. Uh, should they win that, they'll jump straight back to top of the table. Yep. 
Uh, a draw would keep them in second. No, oh, no, it would actually bump no, them no, up to first top. as well. Yeah, yeah even yeah. a draw is good enough to get them to first. Yep, and uh, that's going to be at Fortress Massey kickoff at 4 o'clock. Is that correct, Pete? Oh, I think so, yeah. I was actually planning to go, but then my wife told me she's working that I was going to go for the missus, and she's, she told me she's working that night. So, unfortunately, I don't think we can go. Yeah, okay, we can't go, but you can. Yeah, I can. Well, we'll see, we'll see how I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so get yourself down there to Fortress Massey to cheer on the girls. They um, they are going great, great, great guns. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, again, we're just looking at some of those players in there and, and bigger and better honours are, are coming. Well, exactly. And, I mean, you know, when we think back to when the uh, Glory women were in the grand final in 2014 mm-hmm. and you look at look at some of the players in the squad then, you know, Mackenzie Arnold, Mackenzie, Sam Kerr. That's right. Um, oh, there was Caitlin Ford, Caitlin Ford, um, Alana Kennedy, Alana Kennedy, that's you know, right. and then you you know you look at the Matildas now, almost <laughs> ten years later, and you think, well, yeah. Uh, no, so. I, I said that at the time that we were seeing some of the greatest players that Australia will ever produce uh, in the women's side of things, and, and quite possibly let's just not put the the the, the qualifier, ge- ge- yeah. the, the genetics on that. Some of the greatest players Australia will ever produce. Um, and they were playing in our backyard. Yeah, uh, yep. it was it was incredible. Um, Just a pity they couldn't win that grand final. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pete, why do you do that? Why yeah. do you do? That? <laughs> yeah, I, you bring the, up I Jared. The glory, the glory has won a grand final since the NSL days. Now no. that I think about it, no. no, no. So we've we've um, been in what four? Is it? Yeah, top top the table a couple of times, yeah. both men and women, and yeah. cup finals and and. Finals, finals, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and even the preseason cup, we we made the final right, a couple of times. Yep. But yeah, yet to actually win, win one on the day. So what do you put that down to? Curse of the Bambino. What, what what's going on there, mate? I don't know. I mean, if you're good enough to get there, surely it's then, sure, yes. then, then becomes. I mean, that... statistically speaking, you, you're you're going to win one sooner or later. <laughs> you know, fifty two tries. I just didn't realise later was so much bigger than sooner. <laughs> yeah, the old uh, you know. It's 11 against 11 and the Germans always win. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good on you, Pete. We're going to uh, get Aaron Trevathan on the line very, very shortly. You are with Pete and Hugh on the World Football Programme. Uh, I'd like to have a big shout-out to uh, Wade. I met him. Uh, Wade and I go back a bit, but we uh, went out for drinks last night, so that was uh, good news. Great to catch up with you. He's uh, tuning in today, so there's another one to the World Football family. I said I'd give him the shout-out. And Jim Webb, we're not going to talk about Millwall. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. We're a Millwall. They're literally one of the strongest teams in the English uh, Championship. Good on you, Jim. Uh, friend of the show, Jim Webb. But we'll get Aaron Trevathan I'm just on looking and... at the Championship table, and I'm detecting a bit of sarcasm with your comment there. Uh, I just had to keep scrolling down and keep, down yeah, and no, down no, and no, down no, until keep, I saw keep, where Millwall were. Keep, keep, keep yeah. scrolling, keep scrolling. Yep. Keep, keep, yeah, so that page comes up, West Brom are right there, you beauty, <laughs> you beauty. But where are Millwall? Keep scrolling. I'm not, I'm not huge on the English. Like, I don't follow the English no, game don't. in yeah. a lot of detail, but I have noticed, you know, you have some clubs that'll up and down the table between the leagues, you know. Boy, boy baggies, yep. Yeah, and I feel like Millwall just live in the second tier. You, you hearing this, Jim? You hearing this? Yeah. He's giving you a team a good slap there. Well, no, it goes both ways. They also, you know, don't seem to go down. They don't seem to no, go down. No, no, yeah, talk to Jim. Yeah, they do. All right. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. And, it and feels like every time I check the table, you know, every Mil- once every three years, Millwall are at the second tier. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, but, you know, they, they, they've been top flight. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying they've never been there. But, you know, it's only the likes of Jim and... And Millwall fans that can remember for that far back. <laughs> Whack! There's another one for you, Jim. 
<laughs> Let's go to a break and we'll get Aaron Trevathan on very, very shortly. As I say, you're on the World Football Programme with Hugh and Pete. It's just gone ten past ten here in sunny, sunny Perth. Well, we're actually in Hamilton Hill, Frio. Stick with us. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 footsalwa.org.au Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You have Hugh and Pete in the chair for the World Football Programme. Uh, technical, technical <laughs> issues are abound here. We are on the fly. Um, Aaron Trevathan is a little bit busy at the moment. But we will be endeavouring to get him very, very soon. So we are just having a go. So the World Club Championship is on. I'm rocking the Manchester United World Club Championship. Who's on the back of that shirt, Pete? I can't see. The seat's in the way. Oh. Berbatov. Dimitar Berbatov, number nine. You <laughs> champion. One of the greatest strikers Manchester United have never seen. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he... I thought he was hard done by when he was at uh, at United. I, you know, mm-hmm. people are going, "Oh, yeah, he's not really very good." Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> really? We've had better number nines than that. Of course, you have. Every side's had better number nines than Dimitar Berbatov. Not many. <laughs> you know, West Brom. You know, the the King Jeff Astle was a better number nine than Dimitar Berbatov. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. You know, that's just me saying that. That's just me saying that. You know, Bobby Despotowski. Oh, no, hang on, who was number 10? Damn it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he played at the number nine. He plays at number nine. Yeah, it's in the name, it's in the name Huey, Bobby yeah. 10. Yeah, come yeah. on, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> but the World Club Championship, what have I done? You're listening to Radio ah. Fremantle 107.9. Oh. That was me pressing, All right. pressing yeah. the button again. Look, Club World Championship underway, yeah. uh, being hosted in Saudi Arabia, as we know Saudi Don't Arabia. Don't mention that. Are making a big push. Uh, to be a bit of a sporting hub. Now, you know? all the so. comments here on uh, the World Football Program are those solely of the author and do not necessarily represent the station, its board, its members, and at times its presenters. 
in the studio at the time. So let's just put that out there. Uh, did you see? And I'm going to go. I'm going to. I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm just wondering where you're going. I'm going to go yeah. there. Have you not uh, seen in the media recently that uh, the Saudis are being accused of, dare I say it, inverted commas, sports washing, where they spend a splash of cash to get bucket loads of sporting events, including, and here's one that slipped under the radar, Saudi Arabia are hosting the Winter Olympics. I did not know that. You did not I know did that? I did not know that. Guess what? Saudi Arabia, check it out. Saudi Arabia will be, I think it's 2032, are hosting the Winter Olympics. That's how much money that country has that the middle of the desert's going to be hosting downhill skiing. I mean, the sports washing thing, I don't think is a secret. And no, I, no. You know, when you say have been a cure... <laughs> Well, no, because um, you, yeah. you, have, you have to be yeah, careful yeah. how you, how it's worded. But yeah, anyway, back and to I mean, the... compared compared to some of the other, I don't know if you've seen their their line project where they're building a hundred and fifty kilometre city. Mm. Into, mm. So mm. yeah, I mean, compared to that, spending money on hosting sporting <laughs> events is, in my opinion, is, <laughs> if you've got the money, that's a much better use of your money. Yeah, well, uh, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, back to the uh, the the FIFA Club World Cup <laughs> underway underway in Saudi Arabia. So obviously, as uh, as hosting it, Saudi Arabia get their champion team gets to compete in in it automatically, That's as right. well as the champions That's of right. Asia. Uh, so in the first round, it was the Saudi champions against the entrant from, from Al, Oceania. Al-Itihad. Al-Itihad. Of Saudi uh, Arabia took on the might that is in Auckland, Auckland City. City. Yep. And again, Auckland City keeping up their record of uh, not doing very well, crash out 3-0. Look, don't knock Auckland I City. Am. They actually have the record for more appearances at the FIFA Club World Cup than any, any other, other side. side. So put, put Barcelona, put Manchester yep. United, put Real Madrid put Auckland City at the top of that list. Yeah, that's right. So That's uh, because, you know, when you're playing the uh, champions of Fiji, which nobody knows about, <laughs> you, you, th- you think you're winning. You think yeah, you're winning. Yeah, you think you're going to win oh, that yeah, one. Come on now. Uh, uh, <laughs> so then th- this is a, a straight knockout competition. So yes, you is. win, you go through, you lose, you're out. It's a third place match for the losers of the semis. But anyway, second round. Uh, Leon. Yep. From I Mexico. believe that's pronounced from ne- Mexico. So not, we're not talking France here. We're talking North no, American champions. That's Leon. Uh, le- that's I know, it's got a little thing above yeah. the O, so I'm not sure how to say it, but I'll say uh, Leon. Yeah, and we, as we I said speak. that, I thought that sounded French then. Habla Espanol? No, I don't. No. <laughs> so we're going to call it Leon. And they played the might that is Urara Reds. I was going to wear my Urara yep. Red shirt. And the synergy there is that Urara Reds, took on the red shirt because they like Manchester United. Did they really? Exactly okay. right. Well, that and the fact they're sponsored by Mitsubishi. So. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that helps. Mm, what colour should we be? Mm, Mitsubishi or red? Uh, let's go in red then, son. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and Rua won that one 1-0. One they did. Uh, yep. And then in the other second round match, the African champions, Al-Ali from, from Egypt. Egypt, that's right. Uh, had a 3-1 win over Al-Itiad from Saudi Arabia. Yep. Uh, that was last night. So coming up to the semi-finals on the 18th of December... It's going to be Fluminense from Brazil, That's South correct. American champions Good against Al Ali from Egypt. Yep. And Urua Red Diamonds from as the Asian champions from Japan. Yep. Uh, playing Manchester City yep. from England yeah, as it's a, European champions. It's a strange champions. competition that uh, they weight the confederations, I suppose, accordingly. Oh, I think it's fair enough. So you, you, yeah. there used to be a what the Super uh, uh, Continental Cup, it used to be, where it was the champions of Europe would play the champions of South America to be world champions. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, dare I say it, that, that the late, great Seth Blatter stuck his... Uh, his Snout in the trough and when I can make a bucket load of money here, allegedly, by uh, <laughs> making it available for everybody, which I think is right. But, um, yeah, you, could you imagine the scoreline? Auckland City versus Manchester City. Well, look, I, 
I, I think it's fair to have, you know, everyone represented it, uh, represented it, represented, uh, you know, so I don't have a problem with, you know, every confederation having a pop, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and waiting it. Obviously, you expect the South American yep. teams to do better. I mean, that said, um, the very last last instance of this tournament, which was held in Morocco, Yep. Uh, do you remember who the finalists were there? It was... No. <laughs> it was Real Madrid who yep. defeated Al Ali from Saudi Arabia in the final. So Al Ali had actually defeated uh, Flamenco from Brazil to get through, as well as uh, Fl- Casablanca Fl- in the second. Flamengo. 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 Sorry, sorry, that's a G, not a C. That's correct. Uh, and and actually, sorry, would, have been, would have been a decent match actually. Five three, the result there. So um, yeah. It's not necessarily the, uh, the the cakewalk you might expect. I, from memory, I do seem to remember that the there was a Moroccan side also did very well in it. Oh, okay. wow, that's way back in 2013. But, uh, yeah, uh, Raza Casablanca yep. but, uh, lost the final to Bayern Munich in 2013. So, yep. And while you've got that open... Auckland that City's made a third place once. Really? They have. Holy crap. In 2014. Let me let me see who they beat to get there. Yeah. Okay. So Auckland City, they beat Cruz Azul. No, From... sorry. No, no, no. My mistake. Sorry. That was uh, that was the time Western Sydney Wanderers was in. So yeah. Auckland City beat uh, ES Sefif from Algeria as African champions. Right. And, oh. Oh, sorry. So they beat the Moroccan side on the penalty shootouts. Yep. So the host nation. That helps. Second round, they beat the Algerian side 1-0. Yep. They lost the semi-final in extra time to San Lorenzo from Argentina okay. uh, and then beat Cruz Azul on a, in a penalty shootout for third place. So, so, you know, don't be knocking Auckland City. So how many nil-nils were in that one, Pete? Uh, just the first one, the oh, game okay. against... I was going to say, uh, you park the bus, yeah. you know, and then go to a penalty shootout, you're doing quite well. No, no, no. So it was one, one, one all in the third place match and then 4-2 on penalties. So. Okay. Now, like I said, while you've got that open, Pete, can I ask exactly how many Australian teams have been in there? Is it, is it just... Um, uh, from memory, I'd say Sydney FC have been there, Adelaide United have been there, and Western Sydney Wanderers have okay. been there. Uh, I, will, I will confirm that. Um, well, how did they get there? Because you've got to be champions of, of Asia. Adelaide fluked, well, not fluked their way, and they got in on a technicality when they made the final of the Asian Champions League. Right. But it was hosted in Japan, and it was won by a Japanese side. Yep. So, so therefore... So the second-place team from the Asian Champions because League... Because the Japanese got in were going to... Yeah, otherwise they would have had two in. teams in there. I think, I think it was whoever the Japanese side was had basically qualified twice for it as the ho- champions the host of the host team. nation and okay. as winners of the Asian Champions okay. League. So... Uh, so that's how Adelaide got in. Uh, Sydney got in, I don't know if you remember, just when the A-League started or just before the A-League started. Right. We had a little uh, playoff tournament there. Um, we were still technically part of Oceania at that point. And yep. it wasn't even, it was even before the pre-season tournament, there was a straight knockout cup. I do remember Sydney beat the Glory, I think, 2-1 in that match. Oh, you are um, really, you're, you're alienating then, half our audience here, Pete. <sighs> keep bringing up these bad memories for Glory fans. Remember that time we won the grand final? That was oh, great. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I was there. That was so great. Was I? <laughs> yeah, I was there for the home one, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And then um, the one where Damien Mori got that tap in right, at, well, not the tap in, but the just got his toe to it as the keeper came out. Yep. And we were sitting at one nil the yep. whole game. Everyone's holding their breath because yep. they knew they were thinking we we're going to choke. And he got that tap in. The whole stadium held right, their sure, breath yeah. as that ball just trickled towards yeah. the goal. Yeah. So there we go. We've got I'm pretty good sure memories it was the well. uh, the great uh, Eddie Lenny was uh, refereeing that one. 
I can't remember that. One. I do remember Scott Miller set the pass up for him. So. Oh yeah, oh, gee. Now, now you bring him back. Some <laughs> <memories>. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to see if I can get uh, Jason Purser on board. Uh, he is going to be talking about all sorts of things. He is a, uh, and as the media release says, sadly a Palace fan. And, <laughs> and for his sins, we're going to uh, we're going to grill him about that one. But he's going to be talking to us about that wonderful club that uh, is Barnstonworth United, not the. Uh, not the television show, it's an actual club in Victoria. So you stay with us. It's Pete and Hugh on the World Football Program here on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Plenty more to come, provided they answer the phone. Plenty more to come. <laughs> Stick with us. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, the World Football Program. And as I said, there are gremlins all over the place. I don't wonder that. Yeah, that just dropped out, didn't that it? That just okay. No, I didn't even think you hit anything on the keyboard on the on the control panel. Then it's no, usually my fault. Stopped. I don't know what I've done. I don't know what I've done. Anyway, the good news is what I have done is I have contacted Jason Purser, the Captain Dog's body from Barnstonworth United. Good afternoon, Jason. How are you today? I'm very, very well. Hey, look at that. that. The technical problems have disappeared and uh, the smile has returned to my face. Mate, before we uh, get into the Barnstonworth United chat, can you give us the Jason Purser story, please? Oh, Jesus. Here we go. We've we've got at least another hour and a half, so (laughs) away you go. Yeah, wow. Don't um, start at the birth. We can can skip that. uh, We can skip that bit. (laughs) I've been... I've been a football tragic all my life, I guess, um, like most of us. Yes, uh, yep. Um, come out to Australia in 84. Right. Fell in love, fell in love with the place. Um, you know, I played a little bit of football out here, but Who I got quite badly injured, actually. Broke three ribs and punctured a kidney. Whoa, you're uh, kidding. Playing, playing down at what was then Melbourne, Croatia. Right. Um, uh, but I got rushed to hospital, but unfortunately I was born with one kidney and I found out once I put a rib in it. So. Oh, <laughs> far out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't good. So um, I was 
uh, effectively um, as a as a youngster curtailed by that. But you know, I've continued to play football even to to this day. I play for our over forty fives team, so so I still I still love it. I'd be yeah, I'd be as fat as a doctor's wallet if I didn't play. <laughs> oh, that's gr- that is, I'm, I'm writing yeah. that down. That's yeah. a, that's a good one. I, I like that. Fat as a doctor's wallet. That, that. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. Now, Jason, I've got you on board, and we've been chasing. I've been chasing this interview for a, for a bit. I was at the Glory a couple of um, matches ago, and I'm walking down the concourse at halftime. I've gone. Wait a minute. That's because the red and white of uh, Barnes and West United. And I'm, you know, it's gone through my brain as all good football tragedies do. When you see a shirt from a distance, you go, yeah, click, click, no, 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 no. And I went up to the guy, I went, Barnstonworth United. He goes, well, how do you know that? How do I know Barnstonworth United, Jason? Because <laughs> shorts don't matter. <laughs> shorts don't matter. It's nothing to do with the shorts. <laughs> but shirts obviously do. That's <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us about Barnstonworth United? Where where do they play? How do they play? And uh, how do, how was it formed? Because I know the story is... Uh, it, it, it's funny as. Look, the reality is myself and a and a, another chap, uh, Keith Charlesworth, uh, who's a scouser, so mm. you've got to yeah, be well, careful yeah. when he's about, I can assure you. But, <laughs> but, uh, but myself and him, who used to play against each other, um, invited he invited eight players I invited eight players and we started with 16 players mm-hmm. couldn't decide what to call ourselves we are throwing away around num- uh, names like the Travelling Wilburys and all sorts <laughs> of and Keith's brother-in-law Mad Mickey White um, was playing for Barnsmouth in Sydney Yep. and said why don't you start a Melbourne chapter of Barnsmouth which which we love the idea. They were they were raising money for charity, and we've continued to do that. We we donate anywhere from two to ten thousand dollars a year to charity. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, depending on you know how our our money raisers go, so we yeah, we picked up on that. Um, we became another chapter with with Sydney, um, and the rest is really history. I mean, that was in nineteen eighty nine. We had the discussion. I think nineteen ninety was our first season. Yep. Uh, started with 16 players. Now we've got seven senior sides, including a ladies state league side. Yeah. We've got 400 juniors, and we've got 62 what we call our next dancer with next gen players, which are they hate to use the word academy, but effectively uh, it's an academy. Don't so, don't um, don't use that word too often because there's more than a few presenters on this show that hate that phrase academy. Yeah, it, yeah look. It, it is a bit elitist, I guess. Yeah. But let me tell you, some of the young players we've got down there, uh, they're amazing. Absolutely. Um, so there's a, a chap called Enrique Santos that uh, that started the academy and his training techniques are, are second to none. Him and John Camburn, who's also on our committee, they sort of run that side of things. But it's it's been fantastic. You know, the, the junior club is, is independent to the senior club, which Good. we... On mm-hmm. purpose, yeah. Um, so all of none of their funds come across to to the senior side. The senior side's independent as well. Um, and we don't, even though we're in, we're only in state league four. We don't pay any players. So 
you know, we've got teams around us that have a wage bill of up to 150 grand a year. So, in, in Division wow. 4, Victorian wow. Division 4, the 100 grand? Yeah. You're kidding. No, no, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> <laughs> and what are they winning? <laughs> well, yeah. well, one of the teams didn't win, that's the problem. <laughs> oh, you've got to be kidding. So you, you've got a wage bill of 100 grand and you, you're walking away the season with an empty trophy cabinet going, yeah, good good job, boys. Like, wait a minute. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of our having played played with him, part of our, uh, I guess, claim to fame is is managing to get Charlie Egan down to. to yes, let's um, talk about Charlie for for a minute because um, yeah, as I spoke to you yesterday, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, initially uh, through John Rufton was my went contact contact contact, and through Johnny goes, oh, we got Charlie Egan on the books. Maybe he will have a chat and. Uh, Talk to us about Charlie, because uh, there might be a few listeners out there going, oh, hang on a minute, Charlie Egan <laughs> was a superstar. He's a superstar. Oh, yeah, look, he was... You know, I didn't get to play with him till in his late 30s, but he was still a superstar then. Ooh. I mean, he was a wonderful player. And, you know, we've, we've also um, got Matt Little, who was a great player down here as well, and he's like Charlie's head scout. So, you know, that... I mean, the great thing about our club is is it's football for all. I mean, the, yep. the reality is we, we try and keep people playing the game for as long as we possibly can because yeah. you know, one of the biggest issues, as you, you're probably both aware, one of the biggest issues now is, is obesity with kids sitting around playing on iPads yeah, and yeah. bloody mobile phones and things. Mm-hmm. But the more we can, we can keep kids out of the house and off of their devices, uh, the better life will be. And and the club does a very good job of that. Yeah, and we're talking with Jason Purser here, the Captain Dog's Body at uh, Barnstonworth United. I'm, the listeners are going to be going, hang on, he's having a go there. Where and why do we get the uh, the, the phrase? Because I did ask you what uh, what footballing title you wanted, and it's, without <laughs> even thinking it came out Captain's Dog's Body. <laughs> Tell us about I'm, that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm a general dog's body. That's good. Look, we're very lucky. Out of the 16 players that, that initially started Barnston with Melbourne chapter, there's still seven of those players still involved at the club. Wow. Yeah, and that's, you know, 30, yeah. 40, five years later. So so there's not many clubs that that, that could boast that, that's for sure. Yeah. And and with that longevity comes, comes stability. Yes. So, you know, we've been very lucky. I mean, getting Char- Charlie played for Barnsonworth for for a couple of seasons um, when he retired from from being a cracking footballer, and and he's the sort of chap that's got a story for everybody. And, and he's got, <laughs> you know, he's one of those he's one of those characters that Jesus, he makes you laugh. <laughs> and, and is he yeah. still involved in the coaching at Barnsonworth? Is, is he yeah. the coach? Still coaches, and and that's still his main scout. And I, look. Where, where I think we offer the reason that we've survived in state league without having a wage bill is is because we do things slightly differently. So what what he does is he attracts players that just can't because of family reasons and, and other reasons they just can't train two and three times a week. Yep. So what he'll do for those players he'll say, well, okay, come down. I only want you to train once a week. You come down, you train once a week, and you play for me on a Saturday. Um, we don't charge them any fees, mm. but we don't pay them any fees yeah. either. Yeah, exactly. You 
and then it becomes a culture thing because the reality is that if you if you know we all enjoy a drink so providing you've got the bar and you're putting some half decent food after training and, yep. and during match days then you know people are going to hang around and if you make it a nice environment then people will stay and yep. that's what to do yep and yeah, again, we'll give Charlie the, the, the shout out that he deserved. Ex Australian international uh, and uh, former NSL top goal scorer in 1985. Mm. So he uh, he was prolific to to, to, to put it in, in in great words. He was playing for the the, the great South Melbourne as yep. and those right. that know the NSL South Melbourne in those days from uh, 82 to 87 were just the, the dominant team in the league. 153 games, 73 goals. So you're going at uh, a goal every other game. That that's that's a good clip for any striker. Mm. Oh yeah, look, he was. I mean, he's only a little chap, as you're probably well aware. But bloody hell, was he fast? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were talking earlier in the uh, in the show about number nines, and there's another one. You, yeah. It, it, again, it's not, it's not the height or the the fight and the dog. It's you know. Anyway, you know what I'm You've talking about. Got, uh, totally yeah. wrong, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But yeah, he initially uh, started uh, with in Scotland, so he's got Scottish heritage. He yeah. pl- played for Berwick Rangers, so you know he, he came from a, you know a, a good upbringing, uh, football education wise, and then just you know hit hit Australia and just yeah. We, how he only played twice for Australia is, is I mean, yeah. you know, around that time there was a couple of decent strikers, I suppose, but. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't say he was overlooked, but certainly underutilised at, at an international level. Mm. Yeah, no question. I think no question about that. But, uh, but you know, we're lucky to have him there, mate. At the end of the day, um, he just adds to to everything about Barnsmouth. Yeah. You know, and there, you know, there's a lot about the club to love. So um, he's just he's just one of the items. So. <laughs> Jason, do you get much confusion? Because I thought, oh, we'll do the research. I'll Google Barnstoneworth United. Open up the website, and it's you know Barnstoneworth United Central Coast, and there's all these links to Central Coast Mariners. And I'm like, oh, how come you're not you know associated with Victorian teams? And now I seem to realise that, like you said, there's a New South Wales Barnstoneworth as well as a Victorian Barnstoneworth. Yeah, look, we we're pretty close with with the the Sydney Barnstoneworth. Yeah, not now but but in the early days they'd come down to our we'd have you know unbelievable presentation lines down here i mean the pre- i shouldn't call it a presentation line because it was more of a player review yeah <laughs> 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 yeah I, I, one of one of our players who uh, who's dead now joe clayton oh. rest his, um yeah he would he would get a, a band of four or five of, of the players and sometimes their wives and and put on a show that was just astounding. You know, we we had sixteen players, and we'd have two hundred and forty people at our presentation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's football club. So it's it, it's things like that that that, uh, that change change a club. One of one of our founder members, his name's Steve French. Mm-hmm. He would produce he would produce a ten page uh, review. Each each week, and we used to call it. He called it the the Barnstormworth Babble, <laughs> and, and astounding. Like he did it, um, like nobody knew who was producing the babble. So we'd get to the the change rooms, and the babbles would be out there, and there'd be, you know, there'd be stories about me, or stories about <laughs> Keith, or stories about one of the other players, and and then there'd be things about reviews and what. It was amazing. It was funny. Absolutely astounding. I mean, he was a. He used to draw caricatures, so so it was full of 
really, really witty stuff, but no one knew who was producing it. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened for like for the next two years, everyone's trying to find out who's like. <laughs> it's got to be someone in the club because these stories don't leak out. Yeah. Hang on a minute, who's, who's doing this? <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, for, sorry, mate, for your sins, you say you're a uh, Crystal Palace fan. Um, let's pal- let, let, let's talk about that, mate. Come on. Yeah, I'm a Palace. Look, I've been a Palace fan all my life, and it's well. I mean, go on then. They're one go-yo clubs, aren't they? You mm. know, like, luckily enough, they've been in the soft flight for the last seven years, yep. but they haven't any, any high notes. No, but, no. But the reality is, I lived in Thornton Heath when my mum and dad split up. I lived with my grandmother, and used to go to all the games. I just absolutely loved it mm-hmm. in Thornton Heath, Croydon, back in back in the UK, in South London. So. So yeah, I used to, and I've stayed. You know, I've, I've stayed a Palace fan all my life. I, I just, I absolutely love it. So um, I watch it whenever I can. Yep. Um, but the, I might have mentioned to you on the the, the brief chat that we had. The, <laughs> I, I, I'm really, really struggling with with what's happening with VAR. Here we go. Know. This is here we go. <laughs> You're yeah. right up my alley now. We're live on Red yeah. so we, we we can't use some of the language we used yesterday. But <laughs> let, let's go with it. <laughs> yeah, it was quite tough. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit on the blue side, yes. <laughs> what is your major beef with VAR? Because I don't know, I'll, I'll I'll start with that. What? Go for it. What? What's uh, What's your issue with VAR? Well, I can't. It, it, all of my life, yep. referee been told to give the benefit of the doubt to the striker in an offside position. Yes, that's right. Yep. Now, if their toenail is is offside, they're given offside. It's been mm. for a match two seasons last season where the striker was pointing to to a, the player with the ball as to where he wanted it, and the top of his arm was offside. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. Ludicrous. You know, and it's taking VAR 10, 15 minutes to figure that out. Yep. It's just, give the benefit to the guy that scored the goal. Yep. We were talking, uh, Pete, myself, off air about uh, Jared Gillette and his performance with the uh, the Arsenal game. And he, on live on on, on the game, and he's, he's a quality referee, there's no two ways about it, mm-hmm. called Havertz handball. He called that looking at it because he was in good position, like I said, quality referee, knows what he's, he's doing, called that handball, yep, no worries, and then VAR go, oh, sorry, Jared, you need to have a look at that. And I can just imagine the chat that it would have been over the, the, the microphone. It's like, well, yeah, you know I called that handball live <laughs> on, on, on the field. Yeah, but you need to look at it. Okay, so it's handball. I've called it handball. It looks like handball. You confirming that it's handball? Oh, it's handball. Okay, no worries. Five minutes later, the, the original decision that he made, which was correct and live, no interruption yeah. to the game. Yeah, there was some controversy because Havertz, being the superstar that he's not, goes, <laughs> there, there goes my goal bonus, son. Yeah. Uh, but he's called it correctly, and VAR jump in, and five minutes later confirms the call that Jared's made. Oh, sensational. Well done. I mean, you only have to look at that the Tottenham game. I mean, I love, I must say, I love what Angie's We love Angie Ball. There's, there's no question. I absolutely adore it. But look at that Tottenham-Chelsea game. Mm-hmm. 21 minutes yep. extra I played. Mm-hmm. 21 minutes. I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. There was a perfectly good goal scored from open play that was disallowed only for the, him to give a penalty and then send off a player that I thought, Romero, that I thought put in a, 
a perfectly good tackle. He took the ball. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you, Jason, because it, it, it's, it's never good for the host to disagree with a guest, but... He's going to disagree with you. <laughs> You really think it was a, a fair challenge? If someone put that, if someone put that on you, would you be going, "Yeah, good challenge, mate. Well played." You wouldn't, yeah, would you? Soft, don't they? I mean, you know, <laughs> that, that was simulation, that wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he made it. Uh, he made it obvious for the referee to to take action, but yeah, yeah. There, there was contact and plenty of it. Yes, the yeah. ball, the ball went. With him, but you know, if you take the ball as uh, any good defender should do, I'm taking ball and all, mate. You know, mm. you, nothing's getting past me. Well, how you no. do that is, you know, you need to be careful. <laughs> yeah, but the referee didn't even blow for a No, foul. he didn't. No, no, no. Oh, he and, didn't blow for the brought it back. Yeah, see, that's my beef with VAR that the referee and the assistants are now being told, don't. To, don't blow the whistle. Don't don't put your flag up. Don't do anything. And some bloke in the uh, in, in the booth, sometimes hundreds of kilometres away, goes, "Yeah, no, mate, you you really should have done this." Mm. Well, let the referee do it while he's seeing it. Yeah, it's just. Oh. I I I love gold mouth technology. I yes. think that's the best part of, of VAR. No questions, no issues there. Exactly. Look, I, Playing on when clearly a striker is two metres offside yeah. and the lineman allows the play to go on for another, I don't know, the, yep. the keeper comes out and puts in a huge tackle on the yep. striker, yep. right? And all of a sudden the flag goes up. Yep. It's a chance. Yeah. No, we discussed that yesterday, uh, and again, using some more colourful language than that. It, it, it's wrong. Like, as you say... The and play, at some point, someone will get injured. This is the point we were, Jason yeah. and I were talking about yesterday, that, you know, the keeper comes out and goes, well, I'm, you know... I've, I've got to do what I've got to do yeah. and just breaks a leg, either his or theirs, and then flag goes up. Sorry, mate, that was offside anyway. Yeah. Well, you've it's a career record, uh, uh, yeah. potentially. You've just ruined some guy's career because VAR has said to the assistant, who clearly sees the player offside, don't put your flag up, mate. Yeah. yeah. Well, come no, on I, now. I think, and especially using Tottenham as the example, I mean, he, he plays such a high line. That's right that the keeper's playing well outside his box anyway. I mean, there's going to be a collision, I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't start me on the sweeper-keeper debate. I love a sweeper-keeper. Everybody should play like Manuel Neuer. I'm keepers as a Palace fan. Who's your greatest ever keeper, in your opinion? Look, I go back to the John Jackson days. Yeah. Nice Martin. You know, we've got Sam Johnson at the moment. Oh, hey, don't you, you talking? You, I, I, made, I made it to mention it. Sam Johnson, West Bromwich Albion. We we pick him oh, up. Oh yeah. Oh, he yeah. We might have, we might have stolen him. You, yeah. you might have stolen him. You might have stolen a couple yeah. of ours, mate. We, we, yeah, we, we, yeah. We'll talk about that one off air later. But yeah, Sam <laughs> Sam Johnson. No, I want to play Sounds back like in the great. Premier League so I can play for England. How's that going for you, Sam? Mm. Ooh, don't yeah. start. Well, oh, you did. You did. You started me on that. That <laughs> England, for God's sake. Well, he, he when he was uh, when the album were coming up, uh, he, he he was playing for England. He was in line for um, for the twenty eighteen uh, World Cup squad. I'm pretty yeah, sure he yeah. might have been the third keeper in that in that squad I, for England. I think you're right. You're right. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and he was playing for us. Admittedly, at that stage yeah. we, we were Premier League, but uh, you know we get relegated. He's still in the England setup, and, mm. and that's what annoys most. Well, most football fans, I won't just uh, highlight my club, that um, 
all four players having the ambition of higher ability, but if you're a quality player, Stevie Ball comes to mind immediately, or if you, let's, if we're talking keepers, if you're Peter Shilton and you're playing for, say, Wrexham in the third tier and you're the best keeper in the country, yeah, well... You know, I'm talking EFL, so it's the third tier of the EFL. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the EPL is a is a an entity unto itself. Yeah. So there are three tiers of English Football League. Fair enough. And the Premier League, which yeah. you know only Palace fans will talk about. You know, not me. But yeah. anyway, anyway, if you're the best keeper in the land, it shouldn't matter really what club you're playing for. Ideally, you want to be playing at the highest level. Yes, no, no question about that. But uh, the best keeper is the best keeper. You'll certainly get tested more in, in was, playing the yeah. Premier League than you will playing in the lower leagues. That's for sure. Really? I was thinking you no. might might have a busier job in the lower leagues if, yeah, you're, uh, if your defence isn't that great. Yeah, yeah, your job, no doubt. But I think that uh, I think the players and the way that they they shoot and control the ball now yeah. in the, in the just astounding. I mean, oh, you've been in the you know, Premier League too long, mate. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Sunday, Wednesday. It's game after game after game. That's that's testing you, you, your abilities yeah. and and your endurance. You're right, but I mean, if you're coming up against you know a, an unknown Sudanese international, he's international <laughs> class. For yeah, Sudan. True. The Perrier. You're (laughs) Perrier. That's a valid point. You know it is. Come on, mate. So, well, let's put it to to this way. So, um, Ian Rush, Welsh international. Yep. Let's face it, the the Welsh national side hadn't really done great things pre-Gareth Bale. And quite frankly, you could argue they haven't done too much with Gareth Bale in the team either. But if Ian Rush was playing for, as he did, Tranmere in the next tier down and is banging in 50 goals a season, he's playing for Wales. Yeah, yeah, true. And if you're then Sam Johnson, you're being tested by a world-class striker. Yeah. Okay, not not every week, mm. but that's, that's, a, that's a discussion for another time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I agree. But, you know, there's, there's also the method of, of play, you know. Ooh. I just... I watch England. I can't stand watching England play. Are you an England? So, are you an England fan, or have you converted to the Socceroos and the Matildas? I mean, my my key locker out the front number is nineteen sixty six. Oh come on now, really? <laughs> it's coming home. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. it never <laughs> has been. <laughs> come home, my God, it's never come home. But I just hate the way they play. England arguably have got the best footballing side they've ever had. Yes. Including 1966. Well, that's been cool. And the way they play is atrocious. They just play across the back, play across the back. You've got a player in the midfield like Bellingham who is an astounding player. Yep. He comes for the first 20 minutes of all the matches. He comes short and wants the ball, never, ever gets it. And yep. what does he do? He stops coming short. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then what they do is play it across the back and after they've played it across the back about eight to ten times, eight to ten passes, <laughs> what do they do? They pump it long. <laughs> it's madness. <laughs> it's, next time you watch England play, take note. That's exactly what they'll do. I just hate it. You know, they've got such good midfielders, play through the midfield, you know, and, and move the ball quickly. 
anyway, I've had my wind. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, third, third place playoff again you know, for the English. Yeah, it was great. No, anyway. But again, another discussion for another time. Mate, you were going to be a regular on, on, on the show of the World Football Program <laughs> with me. You can guarantee that. Anything you'd like to leave us with, uh, Jason? No, I look, I'm, I'm just pleased that you, you, you know, you allow us to, to speak to your audience, you know, like uh, we're only a little club and there's many Barnsmiths around the country. Um, go go find them, look them up, play for them, um, you know, hopefully uh, they all donate money to charity yep. and, and make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and we'll just leave with uh, uh, the club values of Barnsonworth United. They, they never forget football is, is a game. It's not about how many wins or how many losses. It's not about how many goals you score or concede. It's all about enjoying the game and at the same time learning, developing treasured friends and memories. I, I could not put it any mm. better than that. that, and that's on your website. That's what is one of the cornerstones of such a great club, Barnsonworth United. Is that the Victorian or the New South Wales club website? That's Victoria. Okay, good, just making sure. <laughs> oh, I've done some, uh, dare I say it, and, it, and it comes out of my mouth very rarely, I've done some Sorry. research, Pete. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've only been trying to get this interview on board for about three months. No, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> so, yeah, I've done some research. Jason, thank you very much for joining us. General Dog's Body at Barnstonworth United. It has been a delight to talk to you, and hopefully we can talk to you next season. You enjoy your holiday season, and uh, stay safe. Have fun. Well, you both take care and have a, a lovely festive season. Brilliant. Thank you. That's Cheers, mate. Board. Bye for now. Take care. Bye now. That was Jason Purser. The, uh, again, clubs around the world have a Jason Purser. Yeah, a Dog's Body. Yeah, uh, general dog's body. <laughs> I, I, I've had him uh, demoted as captain. <laughs> He's a general. <laughs> what a chat. That's, uh, that's brilliant. We will see um, Aaron is available, so we will see if we can get Aaron Trevathan on uh, next. You are on the World Football Programme with Pete and Hugh on 107.9 FM. I see if I can press the buttons in the right order again and nothing goes bang, but stick with us. It's coming up to 11 a.m. here in Hammy Hill. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tire. Call us on 9258 6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. 
We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258-6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. And well, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9. And that was me doing it wrong again. Sensational. Joining us on the line uh, from Sydney is the treasure that is Aaron Trevathan. Good afternoon, Aaron. How are you today? Good, thank you. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. Thanks for taking our, our phone call. Mate, as I said just before we put you on air... It's your show. Where do you want to talk? Pete was uh, talking about Angeball, and uh, quite frankly, we can't get him to shut up about Angeball. <laughs> do you want to start there? Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they played this morning, so it's a hot, it's a hot topic, that's for sure. Yep. yep. What did you What did you see, mate? Anything that uh, took your fancy, or, or not really? I mean, the way he's got Spurs playing is like they've never played before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're getting their players back now from injuries and whatnot, all about but now getting a full game this morning. But um, <laughs> they obviously went through that, that tough period um, which Chelsea kind of kick-started, which I was happy about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that kind of derailed them a little bit. You know, they copped a couple of suspensions, a couple, a couple, quite a few significant injuries in that game alone. So that's kind of been a tough test for them. And it was interesting to see how long it would take them to bounce back. I mean, and that result against Newcastle was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, played off the park. And again, that's a Newcastle team who, yes, they're probably tired, you know, they've played quite a few games, but still a very strong Newcastle side. Yes. Um, and, yeah, they've kind of followed up again now with this result. Again, like, they should be beating, um, they should be comfortably getting past uh, Claudia's game, which is fine, but it's the, the way they're doing it, they're playing off the park, they're playing single football, and as I said, they're playing a brand of football that they've not really enjoyed before. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see. We love to see Aussie managers doing well, especially in the mm. Premier League. Um, and there's a lot of people, including Gary Neville, who came out and said this morning that yeah. he would be surprised if you know he takes a step in a couple of times, which I think is almost the perfect gig for him because he's worked with the City Group That's before. That's right. Yep. Um, so they know they'd be very familiar with him. So it's not not a far fetched idea. That's for sure. Um, so mm. if he continues the way he does at Spurs, yeah, good, definitely on the cards. Yeah, no, I, I, I did say that way back when that uh, I, I thought the Spurs gig may not have been the uh, the correct place for him to go, but there was no way he was going to get that Manchester City mm-hmm. job without a track record in the Premier League. And as you say, Aaron, that uh, he's part of, well, not now, but has been a pivotal part of the City group. So they know who he is and mm-hmm. they know what he can do uh, around the world. So, yeah, it's not, it's not out of the realms of possibility that, um, you know, it, 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 you know, as is always the case, as a manager in uh, in the big leagues, you're only one game away from your uh, paycheck being yeah. stopped. But um, they'd be silly to um, to let Ange go because when City come knocking on the door, they they bring they bring a, a wallet yeah. as fat as a uh, doctor's <laughs> wallet. <laughs> well, now, I, 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 it, it's it's going to come out of my mouth really slowly. Aston Villa and title aspirations. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, mate, that, uh, that got caught the back there. <laughs> What's going on there, mate? I mean, I think it's just showing that Unai Emery is a phenomenal manager. Yeah. Once he can get a team playing for him, they, they can do some, some real good work. I mean, 
he's done it countless times in the Europa League, and I yes. know he's, um, he's done with Sonia, with the Black. He's a great manager who wasn't given the chance to Arsenal, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I am. It's amazing. See, I love seeing him beat Arsenal. Like, deserve that result, albeit maybe a bit controversial, but he deserved that result against his former employer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's got Villa playing top, top football, like like Ains are doing with Spurs. You know, like there's these teams that maybe aren't used to this kind of football before, and then this, this manager comes and changes the way they're doing it. Um, and I mean, it's obviously it's probably a bit more impressive than the job that Ains is doing because that Villa team is not the best team in the league by any stretch. No. Like, very talented players, but he's brought in some great reinforcements who he knows and trusts. Um, and as I said, he's got them playing a, a brand of football that's so so good to watch. Ooh. They're not throwing these results out, results out with boring games. You know, they played City off the park completely yeah. the other way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Two shots, and those two shots were in the space of 20 seconds apart. So if you can go... If you can do that against Manchester you're doing something right. Yep. And those that may not know, Villa are currently third yeah. in the table, two points ahead of City and only two points off top. And as a West Brom fan, as you know, uh, boys, it it it, it, it gores me to go Villa time. I just, I just can't do it. It's, you know, they used to have a good side back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter With up front, banging in goals, another great number nine, but, yeah. I'd much rather a side like that dwell in the in, in, in the deep, deep darks of history <laughs> rather than have something uh, nice and shiny in their uh, in their trophy cabinet. Games on tonight, Aaron. We've got um, Bournemouth taking on Luton Town. A and dare I say it because I say it almost every show. A genuine six pointer. <laughs> well, Bournemouth are kind of under the radar, doing very well recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, again, I like. I like Luton as well. I think they're playing better football than what their results show. Yep. Um, they could they could easily have had four, six, even nine more points than they do this season already. So that's actually, I think, you know, you might look at that on paper and think, oh, it's, you know, it's not the one to watch. But that genuinely could be the game of the night. Like, yep. it's, it's, it's going to be good, in my opinion. I mean, we've got my boys playing at the same time, Chelsea, so I'll be watching that. <laughs> so you've got no so, interest in that. <laughs> but... United, who are probably like any team in the league could beat United 
mm. way United are playing right now, and yet we are somehow still worse than them. <laughs> um, <laughs> we could genuinely have, yeah, played, like, that was just a ridiculous game. I don't even want to get into that one. Um, but if we cannot beat Sheffield United at home, and yeah. convincingly as well, um, it's a worry because... Yes, I want to give the team the benefit of the doubt. It's a young squad. It's just not going to happen overnight. But we should realistically be putting four or five past them. And, and it kind of needs to happen just to kind of yeah. give the fans a bit more. You know, we can handle these, these losses here and there and these draws, you know, and a bit dire football if, it, if there's progress being made. Yeah. These are the games where you need to show the progress, in my opinion. And are we going to hear the chance of you getting sacked in the morning if it doesn't go the way that you've just <laughs> predicted? Well, according to the client, well, according to the uh, sources, that his job's nowhere near and oh. threatening. Oh, like he's, he's, he's safe, and I think that's probably the right way to do it because you can't just keep on trying managers. Like, yeah. there's nobody else out there who can who will be available. So I think we do need to give him time and more than the season. But yes, <laughs> the short short answer is yes. There would be a chance for sure. Yeah. Now, we've got City taking on Palace, and uh, we'll, we'll go past that one. We just spoke with Jason Purser, who's a Palace fan, and he's probably got an opinion on how that's going to go. Palace 3, <laughs> City nil. Uh, Newcastle United, uh, fresh off their, uh, one would say, disappointing uh, Champions League campaign, where they finished bottom of their group, but they certainly weren't uh, the worst team in that uh, in that group. We'll talk about one a bit later. They're taking on Fulham. And again, another... Well, and I, I did make that joke about the Bournemouth-Luton game. I mean, Bournemouth are a good 10 points clear of, of, mm. of Luton, so not really a six-pointer, but this one is. Burnley versus Everton. Everton with a 10-point deduction, and from what I hear, there's uh, the possibility of more points deductions coming as well. Yeah. That one is a six-pointer. What's your thoughts on that one, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they gave the points deduction to Everton to stop them from winning the league the way they go. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're doing well, and they deserve to, because they... They are, I mean, they're probably one of the teams who aren't playing the best football in the world, but they are getting the results. Yep. Sean Dyche at the helm. This one will be Sean Dyche and Dwight McNeil and the likes returning to Burnley, so that'll be interesting. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, that, Everton, again, maybe not flying under the radar because there is a lot of talk about them, but mm-hmm. they are picking up points, and they'd be they'd be in the top half of the table if it wasn't for the deduction. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. So yeah. it's, it's cruel on them, but I still finish them you know, staying up. They, they look like they don't... They're, they're showing every sign that they will stay up. They don't look like they're going to go down. But, yeah, these games, you know, you drop points here and it does get a bit scary because, you know, Burnley would be right in the tail then. Yeah. Um, I think Everton get past them, even though, again, Burnley are playing better than their points mm. deserve. Yep. Their points say, sorry. So um, I do think Everton probably edge this one just. But, yeah, again, a close game. Yep. And games tomorrow, we've got uh, the... Um, some, some absolute crackers. We've got Arsenal taking on Brighton. Brighton have just, again, uh, I won't say a breath of fresh air because they've been doing it a, a while, but uh, they are certainly uh, punching above their weight. You've got Brentford and the aforementioned Aston Villa. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about that because my thoughts of Brentford are well-known and very public. And <laughs> Aston Villa, who wants to talk about them anyway, is a West Brom fan. We've got... We've got um, Sean Kelly's West Ham United will take on uh, the Dingles, so we won't talk about that one either. But <laughs> but the highlight game for the round, uh, possibly, is that uh, long-standing grudge match of the Reds versus the Reds. Liverpool versus Manchester United. Let's have a chat about that one, please, Aaron. Uh, um, uh, well, I suppose United are riddled with injuries right yeah. now. They could, make it, they could form a starting eleven with the amount of injuries they've got. <laughs> <laughs> 
the recent history would show that this is going to be an absolute walk in the park for Liverpool. You uh-huh. know what the last time they played in there was seven nil. Look, I can't see it being seven nil, but I can't see United getting a result here. I think it, it could easily be three nil. Uh, in Liverpool's favour, they're playing much better football. They rested in midweek as well, so yeah, they're they fresh. Whereas United, you know, as much as they put up a fight against Bayern, didn't look even like they were going to do anything. Um, and they're just probably tired at this point. So, yeah, Liverpool continue their their kind of hidden form. Like they're they're, they're really putting together some results here and again. Like people don't really fancy them for the title, but who knows at this mm-hmm. point? Um, so, yeah, Liverpool. We'll, we'll, we'll win this game. Okay. Now, that's a good uh, segue into the uh, European competitions. We had the last round of the group stages uh, midweek, and as you say, Manchester United, I heard different stories that the people at the ground thought that that was one of the worst performances in European history for Manchester United. They've had some stinkers, but, mm. uh, you know, the, officially the worst ever campaign from an English team in the European Champions League ever. Um, yep. The, that Bayern Munich, and again, Bayern Munich basically brought out the, uh, dare I say it, the academy side and went, yeah, we can beat this lot, no worries. And they did. They did it quite easily. We had, uh, that was in Group A, Copenhagen taking on Galatasaray. Um, I'm sure United, when they saw that group, went, well, OK, it's us and Bayern Munich out of the group, no travel. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. It was Bayern in a cakewalk and Galatasaray finished uh, second there, even though they finished the, the campaign with a, uh, was it, did they finish second or was that uh, Copenhagen? Copenhagen. Copenhagen second. finished Copenhagen second. Sorry, through, mate. Yeah. I was going to say Copenhagen finished with the win, and that put them in second spot. That's right. Um, that was there. So, uh, Group B had uh, Lons two-one uh, over Sevilla, and Eindhoven had a one-all draw with Arsenal. I know it's going to hurt you to say uh, anything about that game, but do you want to discuss that one, Eindhoven Arsenal? You don't have to. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. A bit of a, a bit of a snooze fest that one, but <laughs> it makes sense given that Arsenal were were already, you know, top yep. spot, so they, they were fine with that. The interesting one, I think, was the the Lund-Sevilla um, game. Yeah. Sevilla finally not getting Europa League, uh, mm. falling into Europa League and going, oh, win that again, because that seems to be the way they do it. Yep. But, um, yeah, they've finished fourth in the group, so they won't they won't be playing European football anymore this season. No. Um, but, yeah, that, that group kind of possibly went in the way it, it looks on paper. Maybe Sevilla, again, could have. Mm. That you know could have finished a bit higher, but the way they're looking right now as a whole, as a club, they're, they're not in a good spot. So yeah. that kind of does make sense. One of the games, and then not... sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry to add, PSV are looking very good this year in mm. their domestic competition. So yeah. Yeah, and that, uh, as they always are, they're, they're one of the powerhouses of uh, the year of uh, And there we go. But uh, one of the highlight games for me was the uh, Union Berlin 2, Real Madrid 3. Uh, that had mm. Real Madrid go through undefeated. And unfortunately for uh, Union, they finished bottom of the table. But you um, you host Real Madrid and give them a damn good scare. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a good performance for them, for uh, Union in their first ever Champions League campaign. They're not doing quite so well in the Bundesliga, but in Group C it was Real Madrid with a cakewalk and Napoli getting the, uh, getting the result they needed against Sporting Braga to, uh, to finish second in that, uh, in that group. So that was a, a, a nice way for Napoli to kick, kick on. In Group D um, that was up for grabs mm. uh, in the 
last group game, you had Real Sociedad top in the table. Uh, Inter Milan finished second mm. in that one. Just um, on goal difference. Yeah, exactly right. And surprisingly enough, the last game of that group was Inter Milan, yeah. Real Sociedad. And again, another, dare I say, it's news fest. A, new, yeah, well, a, a boring nil-nil uh, you know, ball well, draw. Yeah, but both teams finished uh, three wins, three draws, yeah. no losses. So. That's right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, well, when I say undefeated, I'd much rather see the Real Madrid six wins uh, yeah. out of six. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, well done, Pete. Thank you very much for being the world's greatest wingman. Yes, both <laughs> sides finished undefeated. Good play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where else would you like to go there, um, Aaron? Would- well, I suppose... We don't need to mention Man City's group. That was obviously a cakewalk. Barcelona are be interesting at the moment. They're not kind of. They're just not playing the way they should mm. be. I mean, they they finished that group with a, a loss to Antwerp. Um, oh no! Yeah. A bit, a bit wild. Again, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but it's still something on Xavi's record that you know something that you got to look at and go, well, we're just failing to win these these easy games. Um, but obviously, the group of death was the was a crazy one. For a minute there, it did look like Newcastle were going to get yes, through. Yes, yep. Um, and Dortmund, yeah, were holding out. But PSG in the end, I suppose, did enough. But at the end of the day, it was Milan that kind of did themselves the favour and got that um, got the Europa League yep. spot there, finishing third in the group. Um, so I don't, I don't want to say Newcastle, like, should have gotten more from that group. But when you, I feel like when you're in that position, when you're 1-0 up at home in James Park, you might have to see out the results. So yeah, I think, it, yeah. like, I don't want to say that, you know, going into the tournament, Newcastle probably are the, the, the fourth best team in that group. But Ooh, okay. then you look at it going into the final game and when you're up 1-0 at half-time, you reassess and you think they should probably actually get through here. And to not even get a Europa League spot out of it is a bit yeah. disappointing, underwhelming for them, I think. I particularly like the uh, the banner that the Newcastle, the, the Toon Army brought out. You know, it's not beyond our wildest dreams because we've had some pretty wild dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they have. That uh, That club's been up and down and through the ringer all the time. And, and as you say, Aaron, to have that continuation of a, a European campaign taken away because you couldn't close out a game is um, disappointing. Mm-hmm. Group, group G, like you say, Manchester United, 6-0. Oh, sorry, six wins. I was curious because uh, young boys from Switzerland finished third in that group and I was just curious to see whether they actually had a women's team, but they don't appear to. <laughs> Pete? <laughs> I was just wondering, like, Pete? would they be called, you know, would they still be called young boys if they had a women's side? But uh, oh, from what now. I can see, they don't appear to have a women's team. Yeah, good on you, Pete. Uh, low-hanging fruit again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the quality bounty you get on the World <laughs> Football Programme. <laughs> would you, uh, Aaron, would you like to have a chat about the um, Liverpool campaign? Because they're still kicking on, not in the Champions League. They're in, what, the Europa, Europa League? What's yeah, it well, yeah. well they, I think now that now that Sevilla are officially not in Europe League this year, um, <laughs> I think that, is, that would be Liverpool's to um, to to win. I think um, they they're the best team in that competition, so they should they should go and win. Um, maybe Ooh. maybe a Brighton can or a West Ham can go and do something magic, but that I think you look at that and you think Liverpool or maybe by eleven twos would be nice to see yeah. them mm-hmm. them do it because they are bloody unreal this season that with Javi Alonso they're unbeaten um, but I do think those two are probably the strongest but Liverpool if they fancy a cup this year I think this is the one they should be targeting yeah, yeah. albeit they do have a, a title you know a title charge in the Premier League on their hands as well so 
that'll be interesting to see where that one plays out. And for our Scottish friends, Rangers topped the, uh, the their mm-hmm. group C, which was uh, you know, fantastic. A lot of the uh, the people around the world go, yeah, Scottish teams in Europe, they're rubbish. Well, not quite. Ruth, you've got that one there. Yeah, right, right. Selfie definitely are rubbish, but yeah, <laughs> well Rangers done. like to do all right. Was it last year, the year before? Sorry, they were in the final. Um, this year, I mean, this this game was actually really important because this finished on top of the group, like it finished three two. Um, but yeah, there was it was finished 10, 11 points, ten points, nine points. So it was it was a must win game for them. So they've done well to get out of that group and actually top the group in the process. Mm. So be you know, interesting to see how far they can go. Um, but yeah, it's nice to see Scottish teams actually do well in mm. Europe. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's right as well. And where did I see that? And for those Scottish friends of ours, Rangers will be taking on Aberdeen in the Scottish League Cup tomorrow. So uh, tune in for that one because there could be silverware again for the mighty, mighty uh, hashtag, it's not Rangers, it's Rangers. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate the way that they... Um, Anyway, that's, we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> Aaron, anything else you'd like to have a chat with? I, I know you're a, you're a busy man, and we certainly do appreciate your time here on the World Football Programme. Would you like to uh, continue? I think we've covered just about everything. I think we did, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apologies to listeners. We, we did have uh, Aaron uh, booked for a little bit longer, but you know, technical issues are, uh, abound whenever I'm in the chair, so we've had to condense everything <laughs> in <laughs> to make it fit, and that's, that's down to me. So thank you very much, Aaron. You enjoy your uh, holiday period, and if it's okay with you, we'd like to have a chat with you again next season. Absolutely, man. Pleasure coming on as always. Thanks for having me and look forward to another chat. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Bye for now. And that was the wonder that is Aaron Trevathan talking all things English-related in the English Premier League and the European League's Aston Villa title contenders. (laughs) No, I just can't. I just can't. Coming up after the break, we're going to have Hayley... Roach, the lost lioness, talking about that wonderful win with that new manager bounce, Rotherham 3, West Bromwich Albion 1. Stay tuned, plenty more to come on the World Football Programme. You've got Pete and Hugh in the chair for another half hour or so. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels, all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware, components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. 
We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, the World Football Program. And uh, we're going to talk about that new manager bounce with the lost lioness, Hayley Roach. Good afternoon, Hayley. How are you today? Ah. Good afternoon, Hayley. How are you today? Hello, I am good, thank you. How are you? I'm uh, apparently in dream world because uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Rotherham 3, West Bromwich Albion 1. What, what, what was all the juicy? <laughs> yeah, it's sadly the reality was not three one. Um, but but wasn't, wasn't... Uh, yeah, no. Let's let's deal with let's deal with the Rotherham West Brom match first. We don't, like we, we don't have to. We don't have to. No, we no, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so my uh, my six packs in the mail, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no. At, uh, you know what? To be fair, congratulations to West Brom. I mean, it's not difficult when you're in fifth place in the league and you are playing bottom place in the league. Um, well, you know, obviously, you haven't seen too many West Brom results because okay. I, I was I was really worried about they're, that. They're one. the ones I call the danger <laughs> match. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was no danger from where I was. <laughs> I said to, I, I, I was watching the game with my dad, and I said, "Do you think we're going to get the ball? Do you think they're <laughs> going to let us have the ball?" Yeah. Um, so that we can have a kick. It yeah. did feel a little bit uh, one-sided. But yeah. when you're bottom of the table, most matches are a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and at least it was only it was only 2-0. Only 10 shots on goal in the whole match. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think Rotherham only had one header on target. Yeah, no, uh, that, that, so. that's West Brom through and through. Uh, you know, I remember the yeah. bad old days with Pulis Ball when we wouldn't have a shot at all yeah. for games on end. It's like, oh, that was... Urgent. Anyway, um, yeah. Jim, yeah. Jim, anyway. Webb's, Jim Webb's giving you the shout out, Haley. He says uh, he, he enjoys the view from where Millwall are at the moment uh, and reckons <laughs> he can uh, he can take over Rotherham's favourite spot of twenty uh, third. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to have a chat about that, or do you want to say, Jim, you're in Dreamland, son? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's also in, he's also in Dreamland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely. But uh, no, so I was just taking a look at the, the championship table and I think let's start there if we can. Yeah, um, if you want to. So, yeah, so firstly, congratulations to Rotherham. We got a new manager. I need And it. in the history of the way that managers, when they take over new clubs, I think the statistics are something like 99% of clubs, when they get a new manager, win their first game. Yeah, that's right. But, Rotherham yeah, 3, West Brom yeah. 1. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but not in the case of the Mighty Millers. No. So we are looking forward very much um, to this weekend's match when we play, when we take on Plymouth. Um, so, but we travel all the way down to Plymouth. So, so for those listeners who are not familiar with the, uh, you know, geographical locations of the Mighty Millers, which is in Rotherham in South Yorkshire, it's probably about a five or six hour drive yeah. to go down to Plymouth. Um, so away games down to Plymouth. Um, are pretty pretty tough, uh, especially when you are bottom of the table. Um, but a couple of st- stats on our on Robert oh, don't bring a stat. Business. We love a stat on this show. You we know that, Hayley. On this day in nine in sorry, on this day in twenty seventeen, yep. Rotherham played Plymouth. 
at oh. the New York Stadium. And did you get, uh, and did you get the win? And it was, it was one one. Okay, fair we enough. Didn't, we, hey, didn't, we, you, didn't you, real, we didn't get the win. You take you take a one one tomorrow uh, tonight anyway. We would absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that, let's just take that now. We take that. Uh, but Rotherham have played Plymouth. 72 times. Yep. Plymouth have won 28 of those encounters and Rotherham have won 27. So it's basically Rotherham's turn, uh, <laughs> you know, to get a victory. Um, but for those of you doing the sums, there was also, they've, they've had 20, uh, 27 draws. Yeah, um, I was, was going to say, you put your money on a score draw there. That, yeah. that, that's easy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Hayley, we, 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 we've done our bit. We've spoken about our clubs, but we uh, have you on. I mean, you know, again, to to have a bit of a uh, a bit of a fun uh, chat about uh, the uh, Rotherham three West Bromwich Albion one result, but, <laughs> but we are going to talk about women's football. You uh, want to have a chat about? Well, let's have a think. What was her name again? That uh, that uh, Matilda that's playing for Arsenal. She's doing quite well, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ka- so, Kara somebody. What's her name again? Yeah, Kyra Cooney. Cross. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, well, I just, just li- thought I've got some headlines for you <laughs> for, for women's football this week. Here we go. Um, so, so Kyra Cooney Cross, yes. who does play for Arsenal. Oh, she does. Uh, she was named Player of the Month. Yeah, I know. Um, for, for Arsenal um, this for the month of November. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. I wanted to highlight that yep. for uh, for this week. And it makes um, Ian yep. Wright look like the superstar that he always has been because he was uh, pivotal pivotal in getting Kyra into the Arsenal setup because a lot of the uh, yes. the Arsenal fans and even some of the, uh, the, the the support staff are going, "Really? Do do we you know like really who's it? no no, who is she? She's probably one of the greatest yeah. midfields in the world at the moment." Yeah, yeah, no, uh, agreed. Um, absolutely, yeah. And uh, Ian Wright, massive champion yeah. of Cooney Cross. Um, so, and he's, yeah, big Arsenal ambassador, big women's football ambassador, yeah. yep. um, and has nothing but good things to say about all things Arsenal and women's football, which is great. Yep. So, other news. We've got, a West, Ham, we've got a West Ham keeper doing... Uh, we have. Doing, so, doing what, yeah. doing what Hayley? What, what, what has she done? Yeah. She, she's done well, something so recently. She has. So FIFA have just announced yep. their, um, their best, um, their shortlist, if you like, for the best goalkeeper award. Yep. And um, really delighted that Mackenzie Arnold, who is currently the goalkeeper for West Ham, as well as the Matildas, has been listed in the top three. So that's also a really amazing achievement. Yeah. And, so and, and she, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, subscribers to our uh, Facebook page will have seen my opinion on that one. As much as Mac has had a fantastic season, and God bless her, I, I used to referee Mac when she was playing for uh, for the Northern Redbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there might be a Spanish lady who's going to walk away with yeah. that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, that being said, Mary Earps is also the yeah. the other person listed there. So, so Kata uh, Cole is the uh, the Spanish FIFA. Women's World Cup winner and has won almost everything that Barcelona can uh, can pay for. Oh wait a minute, that entered. Um, yeah, but yeah, Mary Herbs, I think is is uh, is a yeah. I've, I've, I'm yeah. I'm glad Mac has been um, shortlisted as, as one of the three best keepers in the yeah. world. But I think yeah, she fabulous. might she might finish third in that list. Yeah, she could. She could. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Mary, uh, you know, current holder of, of the um, Golden Gloves. Uh, of the Golden Glove, yep. um, and best goalkeeper at the Women's World Cup. Uh, she's obviously a high contender, 
um, as well. But yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure um, Mackenzie's thrilled. To oh, you'd have to. Be. Shortlist, yeah, we're not, sure. as is all of Australia. That uh, yeah, that you know she. Yeah, I mean, we've we've always known. And again, Mackenzie, uh, before the Women's World Cup, was um, you know having played you know nearly fifty times for Australia, it still has that that doubt. A- am I the number one keeper for Australia? Well, mm. I think this highlights that yes, you are Mackenzie Arnold. You are the, yeah. the number one keeper for Australia. There's some talent coming up, uh, and there's some talent uh, coming out of that Matilda squad. But um, she has firmly uh, Lydia Williams. Is still in the in the setup. We got the uh, the, the the great uh, Miranda Templeman uh, yep. knocking on that door as well. Uh, shouts out to you, Miranda. Thanks for tuning in. She'll be uh, the number one keeper in the world uh, in about uh, five years time. Yeah. So that and that that award takes place on the fifteenth of January, twenty twenty four. So yep. uh, we'll have to just uh, watch the social media um, space for yeah. the. Uh, for the award on. Yeah, on now I've just the, just go. sorry, just stepping back momentarily to Ky- Kyra Cooney Cross. Yep. One mm. of the things that amazes me about a lot of our our girls is is just how young they are. So mm-hmm. if you look at Kyra's uh, rap sheet, she had uh, two <laughs> two seasons at Melbourne Victory, <laughs> one season at Western Sydney Wanderers, two more seasons at Melbourne Victory, one season at Hammerby. Now she's at Arsenal. Yep. And she's 21 yep. years old. Yep. 21. You, know, you, you yeah, think you incredible. think you look at that and you think, oh well, you've got to be late 20s. You know, have that sort of yeah. Um, you know, CV. But yeah, it's just amazing. Anyway, sorry, I just yep wanted to bring that up. And and, and the women's best players who have been uh, nominated because FIFA just love a, a list and promote the women's game as best as they can. Which you know, there's your backhand slap, FIFA. You always <laughs> have to get one of them when I'm in the chair. But the uh, the women's best players, it's um, uh, Bon Marty. Um, Hermaso and uh, Caicedo. So Lydia, Linda Caicedo from Colombia gets on that list. I was surprised by that. Uh, you know, the, the, the two Spanish ladies that mm. are basically a no-brainer, but uh, to have yeah. Linda Caicedo on that list, what, what's your thought about that one? Hayley? Yeah, I don't know where, I don't, uh, I don't know where, that, that, where that's come from. Yeah. Like, obviously, she's a, a, a real quality player, but I was disappointed for Sam not, yes. to, um, not to have made that. I mean... Sam, Mary Fowler, and Caitlin Ford yep. should have should have been somewhere definitely yeah, yeah. on the best player of the of the year award. Um, Do you think yeah, that I, um, that Casado's nomination is because she's playing for Real Madrid? Because I mean, <laughs> we, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've got a Matilda playing for Real Madrid. Yeah, uh, you know, let, let, let's just have a think there. Why why is it like you know an 18 year old uh, Colombian who? No disrespect to, to Linda, who before the Women's World Cup, if you mentioned the, you know, who's Linda Casado, people would go, I don't know, is she a pop singer? Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she, um, what did she do outstanding? Didn't she score? I mean, she scored a couple of uh, beauty goals, didn't she, at the yeah. World yeah, Cup? Yeah, yeah, she but, did. Yeah. And she, she, you know, she's eighteen years old, um, but yeah, no, a, a surprise. Yeah, because she doesn't have that much of a CV to you to warrant going on that list I would have thought yep. um, but no doubt about it she's a she's a great player yep. but is she does she justify yep. being on the world you know best is, list? is she better than Sam Kerr and the definitive exactly. answer is no she's not yep. at, at the moment at the moment no now and can, she's 18 yep. but she's got a way to go can I nail you down for your tip on that one it, it, it'd be Hamaso Jennifer Hamaso to win that one or do yes. you think Bon Marty um, oh, it's a close. It's a close one. Yeah. 
Here we go. I think, you know, I can't, I can't call what? it. I mean, I know that's rubbish. To, to <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the World <laughs> Football Program. On the line. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the World um, Football Program, as we like to call it, the fence hitting show. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the fence. I know that's that's really rubbish. Um, I do like Bon Marty, actually. Yeah. I do think she's. Uh, I think she's a, a a really great player. I like how she yeah. plays. And while we're um, on, that, on that list, we've got the men's. It's Haaland, Mbappe, Messi. Um, the uh, popular opinion is going to be Messi again. But, uh, yeah, the season he had at um, Inter Miami was, by his standards, a bit ordinary. Uh, but <laughs> by yeah. his standards, you are the reigning captain of the of the men's World Cup team. <laughs> yeah. um, how good are you? Well, it's Lionel Messi. You know, yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. A tip on that one? You think Haaland walks away with that one with the season he had? I think so. Yeah, I think I think Haaland will take that one. Okay, where yeah. else? Where else do you want to go? Uh, um, so a shout out. We we keep following this story, and so I think it's definitely worthy of a, of a second mention. Yeah, you bet um, it is. Re- <laughs> Rebecca Rebecca Welsh yep. will make history on the twenty third of December by becoming the first female referee to take charge mm. of a match in the Premier League. Yep. We followed her story and when, you know, when she got the appointment to be the fourth official mm-hmm. and now she has, you know, she's got the big gig. She's going to officiate the man in the middle, the person in the middle of, <laughs> uh, against Fulham and Burnley yep. um, in, in the UK. So um, all congratulations to her. I saw a bit of uh, Howard Webb did a bit of a, yeah. Um, an interview just champion her and saying, you know, she's ready, she's focused, she is, you know, she's got lots of experience, she's got good presence, yep. um, and, you know, uh, she, she's going to make history on the 23rd of December, so yep. um, as the first female to referee a premiership match, so yep. definitely. Uh, and great, another opportunity for role modelling which I think is, is really important across all aspects of football. Exactly so, right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm yeah going to pay attention to that. And, and I hope that she doesn't get, you know, the English media are quite harsh at times. I don't know if you've come across that. <laughs> really? Um, That's the know, first I've heard of that, Hayley. Are, are yeah, you sure? It's a, it's a surprise. Um, I know. But, you know, let's, let's hope that uh, she gets, the, the, you know, she gets support, she gets backing from, from the FA. and uh, Because not only, you know, it's the pressure of refereeing, such a, a massive match, but you know, being making history um, as well, that pressure is, is going to be quite immense, and the nerves and all the rest of it. But uh, so let's hope that um, you know it's a it's a fairly uneventful match. No, 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 I'm, I'm, no, I want to go the other way. As a, as a referee, yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to nail down everything, which which yeah. she will, she will. I mean, uh, she will. again, she is a, uh, she used to uh, be, be part-time. She's been on the um, on the list since well, 20, 2010, I think it was. Uh, her, she was the first ever female referee to be appointed at any game in the uh, in the top levels. Her first ever game was, hold on to your hats, Hayley, it was Port Vale <laughs> against Harrogate Town. Now what a cracker that was! And that was only in, that was only in 2021. So from you know two years yeah. two years later, in two she, years. she's in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, incredible, incredible. And you know, I watched Howard Webb's uh, interview, and he talks about how hard that she's worked yeah. um, physically and mentally. And she's had some big gigs. She's done FA Cup finals That's at right. Wembley. That's right. So she's she's you know she's got the experience. She's performed in front of big crowds on the on the big stage, uh, yep. if you like, in yeah, the yeah. UK. So um, yeah, no. So it's massive congratulations to her for for making um, 
yeah, for this achievement. Yeah. So. And as we said way back when, we shouldn't be talking about this. You know, if you're the best, doesn't yeah. matter what your genetics yeah. are. If you're the best, you're it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, of course, absolutely. the the other uh, big thing is on December 26, Sam Allison will become the first black referee for 15 years to oversee a Premier League match. So yeah, uh, again, and, and it, yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't it be. Should. That, like I said, the genetics, if you're the best, yeah. you're the best. But, again, yeah, uh, Howard Webb comes out with that one and says, like, you know, it's it's been too long. It's like, well, hang on a minute, mate. Why are we yeah. even... It, that's oh, the, no, that's the best referee. Right, need to make a point of no, being no, honest. No, no. Um, so that, 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 that took me back a bit. I thought, Howard, you, you know, that you're a bit yeah, better than that, son. Yeah, we've come a long way. Yeah. We've come a long way without having to highlight yeah, exactly. Ryan Rennie yeah. the last black yeah, no, that, I, yeah, that, yeah, that, that was just... A, yeah, I, I wasn't we don't entirely need, we happy don't with need that. To know that. But, um, yeah, but no, um, and then the other breaking news that I wanted to mention Go was 59,042 oh, no. people. And where was that at, Set a new attendance record at the Emirates yes. Stadium, mm-hmm. beating their last record of 54,115. And, and where, so where, was that, where was that record? Yeah, I was going to say. That where was, was the that Emirates. Record? Yeah, I know it was. <laughs> Go the Emirates. Go the Arsenal. And, and the surprising thing is that, you know, you're getting nearly 60,000 uh, down the road uh, at Chelsea. You, you're yeah. lucky to get six. Mm. What's going yeah. on there? Yeah, um, I Arsenal are just doing something right, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. They've, they've got they've got the product, they've got the fan base, um, and yeah, and you're right. And you know, Chelsea um, are currently sat. I think they're top of the um, top of the women's league. Um, yeah. At the moment, so while it's close, I think Arsenal and Chelsea are on the same point. Goal difference. Did you did you um, see the photo of Sam Kerr who was injured for the uh, the Arsenal game where Arsenal win four one and Sam Kerr's uh, waving to the Arsenal fans <laughs> with the four fingers and the Arsenal fans are going yeah we know he scored four and she's going no four in a row so <laughs> yeah, you, you can yell all you like for one game but there's four championships in a row so bye bye yeah. yeah, <laughs> well, good yeah, on you yeah. Sam. <laughs> Yeah, no, the rivalry's good. I love the uh, the Chelsea Arsenal rivalry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a re- it's a real good one. But uh, no, you know, again, it's just another um, uh, another record that's been smashed. And, yep. uh, I, I love it. And like you say, eventually we won't be talking about these things, but um, yeah. right now, just for uh, the expectation, the, you know, Arsenal playing Chelsea, sixty thousand rock up. It, it, and, yeah. and, and that's how it should be uh, should be highlighted. Not the Arsenal men yeah. uh, mm. playing Chelsea men sixty thousand. No, Arsenal playing yeah. Chelsea. It's a big l- London rivalry. Sixty thousand have turned up. You beauty. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that's uh, that's all, all good. The only the only other actually, um, it's not um, the complete record attendance at the Emirates because they had sixty thousand for their Champions League. Uh, match against Wolfsburg, so That's right. it's the yeah. record for the women's super league. And, and and we highlighted that uh, a while ago that the, the the first time that Arsenal hosted Wolfsburg, there was you know. I don't like saying it, but <laughs> literally two men and a dog. And, uh, yeah. you know, ten years later, it's like, sorry, you can't get a ticket. Yeah. What do you mean? It's 60,000. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, we, we sold out, son. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Go back home and watch on the telly. Which, you yeah. know, again, ten years ago, watch Women's Champions League on the TV. Yeah. Who, yeah, yeah, people are going, no, you're not. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you bet we are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, incredible, incredible times. It just goes from strength to strength. Um, and, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, next next year is uh, it's just going to be even bigger and better. And I love the way that where the women's game is 
currently yeah. in the in the UK right now. Now, while we've got you on the uh, line, Haley, we're talking about the women's game. You are on Radio Fremantle. We're going to talk about Perth Glory. Top of the table. Come on. <laughs> do you want to have a chat about the? How do I pronounce it again, uh, Pete? It's the. A-League Women's. A-League Women's. I got it right. Yes. I got it right. I still say W-League at times, A-League Women's. Yeah, no, I, I get it wrong every chance I get. Yep. Is that, is that you or me? Are you got, you, do you have to go, Hayley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm, no, I'm looking at my phone going, I thought I had that on silent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm super sorry about that. My other phone is ringing. How dare they? Do not know I'm on the radio. <laughs> do they not know? <laughs> It's my mum. Like, what is she doing ringing me now? Hello, Hayley's mum. Is she <laughs> is she in Australia? Is she ringing from uh, from England? No, she's in England. Oh, hello, Hayley's mum. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, I digress. What were we talking about? The A-League? We were, yes. Yeah, the women's. Yeah, yeah. Perth Glory top the table. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Fabulous. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, no worries. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the bus backing up again. Yep. Here are you. Oh, Huey, you've done it again. <laughs> On that uh, chaotic note, Haley, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? Because uh, we've had a, a few technical issues, so I've had to juggle the. Yeah, no, that's okay. Juggle the um, show as I've had to. We've got another guest coming up, but. Where, yeah, no, where would you like right. to leave us with? Uh, final thought is um, back to the championship. QPR yep. play Sheffield Wednesday. Well, we don't we don't talk about Sheffield Wednesday. We are we are when no. we are when QPR are playing them, and we need QPR to take points off them to, to help out the mighty Millers. And you, you know you've got a smile on the face of one of our listeners because Jim Webb is going QPR. <laughs> <laughs> Just to clarify, they're playing today, not on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're not playing Wednesday. They're no. playing today. Oh, Pete, that is not even funny. You mate. can tell I'm a dad. Oh, can't you? that's no. <laughs> Good thing that door's locked, mate, or you'd be out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that joke? Because it's you know, and I use joke as like, no, mate, that's not funny at all. Come on. Oh well, anyway, that's just. It's, I mean, I know it's uh, it's at Hillsborough. Um, yep. It's Wednesday. Have uh, the big home advantage, but I'm um, uh, I'm staying all my you know, prayer, hoping QPR can do the business over Sheffield Wednesday yeah. and help out the Mighty Millers. And, and, the, and the match of the round is on tomorrow. The Mighty Baggies will take on that uh, Bet365. Uh, how can you have that much money that Stoke City have available to them and be so bad? <laughs> I've yeah. no idea. I've no idea. But, yeah, yeah true no, for I, that one. Yeah, I think that's an easy, easy three-pointer for you. And then hey, the other get, calm down. <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I see what she's doing there. She's trying to put the jinx on. <laughs> Um, I, I need I need the top of the table to start doing me some favours against Rotherham. So um, you know, for the lower t- lower teams, mm-hmm. start, start pushing them a bit further down the table. For me. Leave, leave it leave it with us. I'm sure we can stink the place up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and then the other match which we have talked about in the past, which we haven't touched on today, is Ipswich Town versus Norwich, which is the East Anglia derby. I know. Which is probably the biggest match in the championship this weekend. Yep, you know, you're right there. You're right. Oh, hang on a minute. Preston are playing Watford. Uh, <laughs> no, all right, fair enough. Um, but, and, and, and lastly, before we let you go, we, we didn't touch on it, but there's another uh, London derby on. Tottenham take on Spurs uh, tonight, so uh, tune in for that one. Tottenham take Tottenham. on Spurs? 
Uh, Tr- take, on, take on the Gunners. <laughs> Spurs take on the Gunners. Uh, yeah, good on you, Pete. Thank you very much for picking me up. <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur will play Arsenal. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. Oh, my, my money's gone up. Yeah, I bet she has. So, uh, big hugs to your mum. <laughs> Hayley, thank you very much for joining us. You have a wonderful holiday uh, season, and we will talk to you next year, if that's okay with you. Yeah, all right. Thanks for having me. Have a lovely Saturday. We will. Thanks, Hayley. Cheers. All right. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. That was the Lost Lioness, Hayley Roach, the superstar that is Hayley. If there's anything going on in the world of football that she doesn't know about, it's not going on, mate. Mm. I think I think after Tottenham versus Spurs, there's Manchester United playing Man U. Out. <laughs> Out. No, come on. That was. Yeah. You get over this. One so- simple little mistake. I, you yeah, get I'm over not going to let it go now. Press these buttons and these flashing lights and see how you go. Yeah, there's a specific reason I don't yeah, do that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. We're, we're nearly done. Coming in on after the break is the FISTF president, Mr. Steve Detry, who's going to talk about Rally Rassic, that late great superstar that was Rally Rassic. You're on the World Football Program 107.9 Radio Fremantle. Stick with us. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Oswest Fencing and Rotine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Yes, you are listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And joining us on the line right now is the FISTF President, Mr. Steve Detry. Good afternoon, Steve. How are you today? Uh, good afternoon. I'm fine. Over here in hot Sydney. Hot, <laughs> hot. How hot is hot, Steve? Oh, uh, no, mid 30s. Oh, come on now. How hot was it here the other day, Pete? 42? Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I haven't got you on to talk about the weather, even though I could. Steve, you were lucky enough to attend the recent Rally Rassic. Uh, do we say memorial or, or tribute? Um, well, it was it was a tribute yeah. to Rally and the seventy four team and the yeah. seventy four squad, really. Yeah. 
So it wasn't just... Uh, About Raleigh, yeah, um, but there were so many great, um, great players there. So um, uh, it was a really special day. Yeah, it was. And was there uh, many of the '74 team there? I know some of them sadly have uh, have passed away. The great Johnny Warren being one of those. Uh, were there many members there? Yeah, there were. There were, uh, and to their great credit, um, the the organizer Jack Zervos and um, and. Uh, and some of the others, they organised some of the squad from 74, so players who contributed in, in the lead-up, so the, the period that Rally used to build up that and eventually pick the final squad. So there are a few players there who, who didn't play in 74 or didn't go with the squad, like uh, people like uh, uh, Georgie Harris was one of my great favourites. Yeah, okay, yeah. But but uh, an old St George player, but you know there were there were people like um, Dennis Yeager uh, who didn't go to '74. He was he was a, an integral member of the the lead up um, part. Uh, another guy called Bobby Hogg. Bobby Hogg, who, yes. Uh, who was a, a wonderful player and was really key in Raleigh's plans for '74, and then tragically broke his leg. That's right. Um, um, so he, he didn't go, but he was there. And and there was, you know, guys like, um, you know, Ray Richards was there. Wow. And Johnny Watkiss and uh, Adrian Alston, of course. Big yep. Noddy was there. Big Noddy, um, yeah. And, um, you know, and, and Les Scheinfluke, who's, you know, who was, is still still kicking around. And he's, he was there, which was quite, uh, quite great to see him. But... Um, um, and, and they were, you know, and, and people like Jimmy Fraser, who was the goalkeeper, who basically led up to the World Cup but didn't go. Um, and what I, what I really, what was really noticeable for me about the the, the day because mm-hmm. there was there was a lunch which stretched on, of course, <laughs> as they do, <laughs> and then there was a civic reception by the Sydney Town Hall nice. and Sydney uh, Council. Mm-hmm. And what really struck me about it was these guys, some of them are pushing their, in their 70s, late 70s, whatever, mm-hmm. but they were just big kids. They were, it was like they were back on, back on <laughs> yeah. tour, you know, raising each other and having a bit of a, a, a land of each other, telling stories. Um, and, and, uh, and that was quite fun, you know, the fact that they were still sort of, um, you know, in their mind, their mind's eye. They were still in their twenties and yep. getting ready for another tour. Yeah. So, and, 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 After you, sorry, Steve. No, sorry. And, and to me, that was that was very special being yeah. being involved in that. And plus, there were some of the the Matildas who took part in that that tournament in Hong Kong. I mean, they keep on talking about it. The first Matildas, the first World Cup. Yep. I mean, I don't want to get involved in that. That's a a, a, a massive discussion. Mm. But, you know, all credit to those women, and a lot of those were there, too, like my good friend Trixie Tag. Um, you know, they've done, they, did, they were sort of groundbreakers for Australian women you know, in football in Australia. Yeah. Deservedly, they were there and, and being honoured as well. Yep, yeah, uh, we're having a, a few issues with the phone, uh, Steve, but we can hear you loud and clear. Uh, Rally Rassick uh, was 
only 34 when he was first appointed mm-hmm. the uh, the coach, and he, he was the coach of uh, of the Australian team in 1970. So it, it, it's all credit to him. Well, I won't say all credit, but uh, I mean a huge. No, I, I huge would say credit. it's all. Okay, I would say I would say it's all credit to him. Yep. He was a um, he was a uh, um, uh, an innovator. The, the un- he was an innovator, but he was also a great thinker about the game yep. and the way he he approached things was different. In, in a way, he carried on the legacy of um, a previous coach of St George, Frank Arrock, who then came well, back yeah. and was, was also the soccer coach. That's right. Yeah, we love Frank. But, um, uh, but Raleigh was a... Uh, he, he took things to the next level. Mm. He never let anything sort of be half asked. He took he did things properly. He 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 organised things. For example, he, the famously they did. He was involved with St George Budapest when they did a tour of Japan. Yep. And he organised everything from the meals to when the buses wow. were going to turn up and <laughs> take them to training to what um, what when they would go to functions, what they would wear at the functions, whether it was tracksuit suit, all that sort of stuff. He drove the whole thing. Um, and that was a sort of a, a classic example of what Raleigh was yep. like when he was in charge of the Socceroos. Yep. He he didn't leave anything to chance. Mm. He had you know he had a, a nominal sort of manager of the team um, uh, who was supposed to be doing all that sort of stuff, but it never happened no. unless Raleigh approved it. And and, and famously, Raleigh Rasic. Uh, is credited, and so he should be, to, to teaching the Australian national team. Like, I'm, I'm not fussed what it says on your birth certificate. You're playing for Australia. That's the Australian national anthem. Yeah. You yeah. get out there and you sing it, and you sing it as loud as you can. And uh, to think that, you know, at, at that stage, people, and probably still to the, to, to a point, uh, were embarrassed to sing the national anthem. Uh, it's like, no, no, rally went, no, no, that's ours. Yeah. You make it, you, you intimidate the other side... Boy, and we see South American sides do that, where mm. they just turn their back and and do the the, the the national salute and just yell out the national anthem. And the other sides are sort of going, "Oh, hang on a minute!" The rally went, "No, no, we're Australia. That's ours. Get into their heads." Mm. He he was, uh, yeah, a, 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 a man well before his uh, his his time. And, and uh, dare I say it, he 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 was shabbily treated by the Australian Soccer Federation at the time, um, having done great things, and then, oh, see you later. Got the boot, yeah. Yeah, it's like, come on, mate, really? Um, Do you want to have a discussion on that one, Steve, or or, or we'll let that one stay where it is? Because the other thing that uh, uh, Raleigh did, the the famous game that they played against East Germany, Australia, with their national colours of gold, green and white... As socks, stockings, as they're called officially. <laughs> they, they're, they're called stockings. Don't you giggle at me, Pete? Um, the East Germans came out in white, 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 and uh, the East Germans went to the referee because at that stage it wasn't in the laws of the game. Oh no, they, they, they can't wear. We wear white socks, and Rally went, "Go get stuff. That's our national colours. We we've got it listed down there on the team sheet as gold, green, white. We're not changing our socks." And the referee went. There's nothing in the law book that says they can't. And the East Germans went, oh, this is... Again, a typical rally rassic, get in their heads. They're not better than us. And they're complaining about what socks we're wearing, boys. We've already, we've already got this game. Mm. And it was a... Yeah, yeah that's a really great game, that one. And... Uh, totally. I mean, 
you're right. I mean, Riley, uh, Riley was very passionate about, mm. you know, being, you know, when people were selected for the Socceroos, he, he was only interested in people yep. who were prepared to commit. Yeah. And, you know, over the years, there's been coaches, you know, like Raleigh, like Frank Arrock, where mm-hmm. people said, why didn't you pick X and why didn't you pick this guy? Yep. He was great. You know? And for, for them, it was not just about whether he could keep the ball up 20 times or 50 times or 100 times. It was whether he was prepared to run himself into That's the right. ground. And that 74 side was exactly that. And again, to go back, the, the geopolitical uh, situation at the time, the West Germans mm. in the crowd were, were chanting, Aussie, Aussie, yeah. Aussie. It was, it was amazing. But, yeah, it, it's, it's credited to uh, Australia and Rally Rasik that FIFA went, oh, we'll have to do something about that and changed the laws of the game that says, no, no, both sides have to have different stockings, different coloured stockings. Yeah. Rally Rasek changed the laws of football. Yeah. He, 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 he um, as you said, he loved to get into people's heads. Yeah. He, you know, he got into the, you know, the opposing team's you know, heads. Um, he was very much a, um, uh, a believer in the psychological battle of, <laughs> of football. Um but he was also a great thinker of the game. One of the great, you know, one of my great privileges, because you know, um, my my father knew Raleigh very well, and as a result, I got to know him, and then I, I became a journalist, and and uh, and you know, got to know him. Uh, not during that that period, I was still a, still at school when the, the World Cup was on, the '74 World Cup. But after that, I got to know him very very well. And, we became good friends, and then once my father passed away, and I didn't have anybody to have that sort of weekly chat about football mm-hmm. to get my dose. I used to ring Rally. You know? Great, mm-hmm. and 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 I mean, people laugh. I used to laugh about it that you could never have a ten-minute phone call. With Rally. <laughs> it, was always, it was always an hour and a half, and you were always exhausted at the end of it. But it was always a, a great privilege. And it was quite interesting at this at this lunch um, and at the, at, the, at the ongoing functions. People used to say that quite often you you'd get a phone call and you'd see on your phone, yeah, rally, and you'd go, oh god, that is going to be a short call. But but everybody said you answered it yeah. because we knew, yeah, you know, especially in the last six months that he wasn't he wasn't doing too well when I saw him at. Uh, Manfred Schaefer's funeral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could tell that he was getting a little bit frailer, a little bit weaker. His, his mind was still as sharp as, as all. I, I remember we, we were all sitting down for the buffet lunch, and everyone's got you know the the spring rolls and the, all that sort of stuff there. And then his wife Deborah came and put down in front of him some you know some salad and a couple of little um, uh, sandwich triangles. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, that's what you're going to eat? He says, that's what Deborah wants me to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, so can I smuggle a few spring rolls onto your plate? He said, no, nah, she'll be watching. Yep. So don't worry. <laughs> Steve, time's got away from us. We had a few technical issues earlier in the uh, in the show and uh, I could talk about Rally Rassig till, mm. till the cows come home. You know that. Uh, I will see you in February at the Grand Prix of uh, Table Football. Uh, I was going to talk about that as well, but uh, Len is in the studio. He's going to be taking over with Bags Groove in about... Oof, 
get out of that chair, Huey. <laughs> Time. Uh, so many thanks for taking my phone call, Steve, and uh, you stay safe. Have a, an, an excellent holiday period, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, no worries. Thanks for having me on. No, yeah. it's been our pleasure. Thank you very much. That was Steve Detry talking all things Rally Rassic. Like I said, Rally changed the laws of football. That's how mm. innovative that man was. As I say, uh, Len is coming up very, very shortly with Bags Groove. Pete, very, very grateful that you rocked up today. Uh, many thanks to all our guests today and all the guests who have been supporting me throughout the year on the World Football Programme. We are here, as you know, thanks to our long-time fo- partners, Futsal WA, Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron and Gate and Fence Hardware WA. We thank them for their long-time support. I won't be here next week. It will be our last show for the season. Uh, I have, I won't say better things to do, but... Uh, <laughs> you I've, might I've, think it, but... I've got paying things to do. They're, they're, ah. they're, they're paying me not to be here for a change, and I hear all those listeners out there, we'll pay him not to be here either. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for having me. You all listeners out there, have a safe and merry uh, holiday period, and bye for now. You're on 107.9 Radio Fremantle, Len and Bags Groove. Up next, bye for now. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.